Welcome to Meet and Greet, a podcast discussing a broad range of issues affecting the meat industry today. Brought to you by meetbusinesswomen.org. Presented by Laura Ryan. Hello, I'm Laura Ryan and welcome to Meet and Greet. This is the fifth episode in our series of podcasts brought to you by Meet Businesswomen. Today, we're in conversation with Harriet Wilson. Harriet is the Corporate Responsibility Manager for Aldi, GB and Ireland. She has previously worked in senior agricultural roles at Co-op Food after graduating from Harper Adams, having studied agri-food marketing with business studies. I'm delighted to say that Harriet is the winner of our first ever Meet Business Women One to Watch prize, which took place last year, and we're now searching for the One to Watch 2019. Welcome, Harriet. It's really great to have you with us today. But it's fair to say that farming and the meat industry is in your blood. Tell us a bit more about your background and what makes you so passionate about the sector. Um, thanks for having me on today, Laura. So, um, gosh, uh, so really um, my passion comes from my background. Um, I've been lucky enough to grow up on a beef and sheep farm. So my parents are uh, farmers from Staffordshire in the Midlands. Um, and I then uh, took the normal route into getting into young farmers and really interested in cattle and stockaging. And um, at the age of 16, I wanted to be a butcher. Um, so <laughs> I went for a week's work experience um, in our local butcher shop. And then I went for the next week and I, uh, in St. of his head office, actually. So uh, managed to um, get my foot in the door there. Um, complete opposite ends of retail, um, but both really uh, fantastic uh, opportunities, I guess, uh, which then led me to go to Harper. Um, I did my placement with McDonald's um, and then I went on to co-op and really, in my head, landed my dream job then out of uni. Um, and I worked in the co-op agriculture team um, since I left uni for four years. Um, and now I'm here. Um, so really... Yeah, it's for me. I think the job that I do and the or, and my past um, experience so far is really I see it as an opportunity to connect all of the supply chain to try and work together to make a bigger impact yes. for all parties involved, really. Um, and I'm a bit of a geek. Um, I got I got <laughs> I always get asked, uh, "That's great, Harriet, but what do you do outside of farming?" And actually. I don't do a huge amount because um, my hobbies, my friends, my family, my work, um, it all revolves around uh, the meat industry or farming or young farms in some way. Um, but I'm proud of that and uh, I love talking about it. <laughs> I think that's fantastic because it really is in your blood uh, and, uh, and that passion yeah, 24-7. Tell us, um, how long have you been at Aldi? Because it's a relatively new role. Yeah, so um, I've only been at Aldi for coming up for a year now. So I joined in July last year, um, and really I saw it as the next challenge for me and um, to take on a wider remit. But also, um, I loved the co-op, um, loved everything it stood for. But I, coming here, it's a fast-growing, fastest-growing retailer discounter, and I wanted to see a different way of doing things. Um, so that was really what drove me into this role. Brilliant. And tell us, um, 
yeah, I, I'm guessing your role is is now a lot broader, I suppose, as it was really at co-op, yeah. looking at other agricultural sectors beyond um, beef and sheep. What mm-hmm. what do you think the beef and sheep sector can learn from some of these wider agricultural uh, areas of industry? Yeah, so my role here um, covers all sorts, really, all of agricultural topics, but also animal testing. So we're looking at non-food products as well, which is something I've never... Um, thought about particularly and fish uh, is a completely oh gosh it's such a technical industry but a lot of crossover obviously with agriculture um, and then anything that um, is grown or we source that contributes to deforestation and um, that we have a responsibility to fairly trade as well like cocoa and coffee um, so really broad range and I think there was I'd say two key things for me um, two key learnings um, because I actually think there's a lot that other sectors can learn from agriculture, which is good as well. Um, but traceability um, is a key thing for me in terms of um, the way in which we're looking at segregated supply chains for things like palm oil and uh, fish supply chains as well. There's huge challenges in terms of traceability for fish, but um, there's a lot of information publicly available. And I think we need to get far better at that. Um, as a meat industry particularly Um, and then secondly for me would be working with fair trade just how much of a clear message or branding that they're able to put across to consumers Uh, they just consumers just get it Um, and I think you know part of that stems from um, get the education around the fair trade logo I mean I I actually remember doing an exercise in, in a geography class at school around fair trade and trade and learning what it meant so it'd be great if we could do that um for the uk agricultural industry into schools and education and that simplicity of message i guess has that level of impact as you say which is always a challenge when we're trying to differentiate one product from another in the in the meat industry yeah. um, absolutely Tell us um, your thoughts on the challenges in the meat industry at the moment. You know, they're so well documented. You do have to open the, the newspaper every single day about um, the different challenges for our sector. What do you really see as the key priorities, being at that sort of coalface of a retailer perspective? Yeah, I think we've um, we've certainly got a tough few years ahead of us, I think, um, particularly for the meat industry. Um, I think you'll, you'll agree. Um, and seeing it from both sides as well. Um, I mentioned uh, just about traceability. I think to try and come, you know, that's going to be one of our biggest um, challenges, ensuring traceability to basically prove um, our quality um, supply chain, quality products. But we've got to we've got to find a way of changing customer perceptions around environmental impacts and also animal welfare as well. Um, so I think to address some of these challenges, I think we've got to make sure we've got the evidence and the data to really back ourselves up. Um, and that might be auditing, but it also uh, might be um, better technology um, and educating the public as well um, through, you know, if we can get um, better links with schools, um, but also things like Open Palm Sunday. And I think the reason I brought up animal welfare, because I think uh, meat uh, actually falls under the radar a lot with the work that we do with campaigning organisations all of the time. Um, But actually something that really resonated with me 
um, when Temple Grandin spoke at the last Meet Business Women conference, um, she said, don't let bad become normal. Yeah. And that really resonated with me because um, because I've come from the beef and lamb uh, beef and lamb farm. I work with two girls on my team who are not from agriculture background at all, and actually they ask questions that I never think of, and they actually really make me think, uh, particularly on animal welfare. And I don't like to ever give an answer. Well, it's because we've always done it that way. Yes. Because you shouldn't. Yeah, we shouldn't do that. Uh, we should be really clear and why we do things and um how we can improve and is there anything else you think the sector can be doing to to help take on some of these challenges even maybe on an international level is there anything that you know you've seen or think we, we, we could be better at um i did my dissertation actually on uh, meat quality in terms of our carcass grading um, system in the UK um, and obviously I know that obviously fits um, very closely into as being part of the EU um, but just looking at classification systems in the US and Australia and they've got they've got absolute reasons why they have different classification systems but I think there's a huge amount we can learn there in terms of and I think that will be a real it's a massive thing to change but if we look at how we grade cattle to be more consumer focused and actually making sure that us farmers are producing what the market wants and as retailers we're able to utilize that grade in talking to customers and also you know talking about how the customer can cook that particular cut um, from that particular animal I think there's a huge opportunity there but it's a big project yeah, and, and I totally agree with you. Um, and uh, what do you think is it going to take to get the UK to take on some of this technology, which is working so well around the world? Is it? Do you, do you think it's maybe the opportunity once we've left Europe, or if we leave Europe, uh, could allow it? Or do you think it's maybe a retailer coming on board and saying, "Yeah, we're, we're going to implement something like Meat Standards Australia"? Oh. Tricky question. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm desperate to get MSA away from the UK, but the, and folks talk about. I, I don't know if it, is it going to take retailer pressure for something to actually. Oh, if I'm honest, it's not something that we're conversing on at the minute because we're so into there's so many different challenges that we're trying to address, and I guess that that's a massive that's a massive one that everyone's kind of like well we're kind of we're okay at the minute ticking along in terms of how we grade currently and there's obviously a reason why we grade in the way that we do um in terms of uptake in technology in general i think i think there's a lot of um i mean the meat industry is so diverse and so you know when you're trying to compare uh white meat sector to red meat it's so different um and how it's structured i think Therefore, focus is, the focus has really been on um, white meat and uh, really driving technology and efficiencies through there. But actually, how do we do it for the red meat sector when it's so fragmented? And I think a lot of that's about making it practical um, and affordable and getting farmers to share knowledge as, as, as much as we can because um, that's the way that they... That's the way they uptake things, I think, yeah. better. That's great. Insight. But I think, but, but yeah, I guess, 
um, in my role to try and bring retailers, suppliers, farmers, customers together. Um, that's, I guess, something that that could make an impact. Um, and roundtable discussions working competitively, uh, that's definitely a way to do that. Yeah, that's brilliant. Thank you. Please subscribe to this podcast and follow us on LinkedIn. Search Meet Business Women. I'm going to um, uh, move us on to talk about gender balance within our sector. Yeah. I'm really keen to get your view, both from the agricultural side, through the supply chain and into the retail side. Do you think we could do better at showcasing it as a great destination for female talent? Or do, do you see that happening more and more now? What's your view? I think when you think agriculture or farming, you think uh, male farmers. And when you think meat, I think a lot of people think butchery and therefore you also uh, think males as well. Um, I've been really lucky throughout my career that actually I could sit in, in in a room full of men and not feel like the only female in that room. Um, I've been very lucky that I've worked with some great people and, and I very much see that as all people working together. Um, but it ha- I think in some cases it's particularly uh, hard as a fem- a young female particularly going on to farm. That's quite difficult. Mm-hmm. You do I think you do have to prove yourself a little bit more. Um, and my background really helped me in, in overcoming that. Um, but, I, you know, we I see it now, and, you know, we have female vets on the farm and, and you make an assumption and actually it's, it really shouldn't, you really shouldn't make that assumption. Um, you know, they've, they've really worked hard to get where they are and they're, they're just as capable. Um, but I hadn't really, you know, I hadn't really thought about being a female in the meat industry until I actually went on to the Women as Leaders course at Cranfield University. So obviously um, I went on to that course as part of the prize for winning the One to Watch Award. Um, and they talked through a lot of the misconceptions around women. So they talked about that women can come across sometimes that they aren't interested in leadership roles. And actually that's because we mo- we sometimes express our ambition differently. Yeah. So we might underplay our performance. Um, they called it the imposter syndrome. I don't know if you've come across that. Yes. Uh, where we put ourselves down, well. even though we've done a great, <laughs> great job. And God, I was like, yeah, I definitely do that. Um, and I think women are seen as less risk takers as well. Um, and that's, I don't know, you know, and all women are different as well. But a lot of that resonated with me. And another thing they said on the other side of it is if women are really assertive, um, that, that can come across as aggressive. Whereas if a male is assertive, it's actually seen as a real um, key leadership um, attribute. So, yeah, it's just different ways of working with males and females in leadership roles, isn't it? Yeah, that, that's great insight. And you mentioned there about obviously having that agricultural background. And I, I particularly when I started my career um, in this industry, I'm a total townie with no agricultural background whatsoever. So you're totally right. Going on to farm, I always felt a bit of a fraud, particularly when maybe the, the, the farmer's dad in particular would say, oh, you know, you must be a farmer's daughter. And I'd say, let them yeah. down and say, and say no. Um, but what would your advice be to people, be it from an agricultural background or a non-agricultural background, looking to the meat industry um, as a potential career choice? What would your words of wisdom be? 
I think, put simply, it's there's a huge amount of change that we will see now um, throughout our generation in the meat industry, particularly um, both challenges and opportunities. But great industry to be involved in and to be part of that change. Um, in terms of getting into it, I think try and get as much experience as you possibly can I think that's really helped me over and above my education is trying to get uh, experience and a network as well which is you know really helped actually meet meet business women and getting involved in that I've only been involved for for a year now but really enjoyed that and making contacts um, through that forum um, I think there's it's uh, undervalued in terms of how 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 wide a variety of skills is needed uh, both in the meat in the meat industry particularly but agriculture in general um, and the food industry in general um, I think it's quite easy to think oh well food you're a cook or meat you're a butcher but actually yeah. there's so many skills needed um, I think nearly every every career that you could think of or every skill that you think of is is relative to uh, the meat industry or agricultural industry Apart from maybe, I don't know, being a spaceman or something. <laughs> I was going to say an astronaut. We're on the same astronaut, page. yeah. Spaceman. <laughs> astronaut. <laughs> um, you, you mentioned there about the power of a network and yeah. um, and community building. What, is, is that one thing, you know, a, a recommendation you'd make to people? And, and what else do, have you got from Meet Business Women so far? Oh, massively, yeah, I think. Uh, I know there's a saying, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And that's probably not, in, you, I'm not using it in the right context. But um, I've got so many people in the industry that have helped me along the way and, and have made me the person that I am today. Um, and I hugely, and whether that is friends, family, or whether it is industry contacts, contacts, I think your network of people around you is so powerful. Um, and I don't think you should ever try, stop building that network. Um, so uh, Meet Business Women has really helped me to do that and winning that prize, I guess, because it was uh, pushed through social media. That meant that people contacted me through LinkedIn. Um, but also it's a conversation starter if I go anywhere. Um, so that's really helpful. Um, as part of that prize then, so uh, the four, the other three finalists and myself, so we got to go to the... Um, first speed networking event that Meet Business Women put on uh, in Birmingham, which is a fantastic opportunity. Uh, we also got to go to the conference in London recently uh, where we met Princess Anne. So that was a great opportunity. But also, <laughs> again, it's just it's just meeting fantastic women. And you're all, in, you're all in the same room. You're all working in the same industry. You're all at various different levels in your career. But yet everybody is on the same level when you're talking to each other which I think is fantastic um yeah I've got a huge amount uh, out of it so far so thank you very much that's brilliant here we want to know what Anne said to you give us the inside track oh gosh I can't even remember <laughs> I think I was so overwhelmed and we were so worried about what we were all going to say to her that um oh I can't it went, it went past oh I blur. do know what she I do know what she said she asked me, um, she asked me, did I know that I'd been put forward for the award? Um, 
she thought it was some uh, big conspiracy oh, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> or something. Um, and uh, yeah, it just explains that um, an old colleague of mine, Will Jackson, put me forward. So it was, it was really good that he'd done that. Brilliant. Um, now, finally, tell us what your advice would be to anyone listening, thinking about applying for this year, either applying um, for themselves or nominating a colleague. You just need to get on and do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, I am a real believer in taking as many opportunities as you possibly can. Um, it's just a great way to, instead of taking that step and I guess it pushed me to be involved with, the, with this fantastic organisation that is Meet Business Women and now I'm fully I'm fully involved and I guess it's just a fantastic network uh, you meet new people and it opens up further opportunities for you you know you don't know where this is going to lead um, so I as part of the prize I, I um, completed the Women as Leaders course last week at Cranfield University and it was a great opportunity for me really to take a week out and really reflect on where I'd where I've been in my career so far um what am I what challenges I'm currently facing and, and where do I want to get to in the future um but a bigger part of that week was about learning from the, the other ladies that were on that course and they were they were high up in their organisations, but there were so many different organisations. So um, there was two ladies from the British Army, a uh, lady from the NHS, um, charities, construction industry. And it was just so interesting hearing about their experiences and work, and then working in different industries as well. But how much crossover there is as well and how much we could learn from each other. So without applying for that award, I wouldn't have got that opportunity. That's and also, brilliant. just to add, Laura, sorry, I know I've spoke to the other three girls that were uh, finalists in the competition, and obviously they've been to the events with me, um, but also um, they've had coaching from Karen Powell, and they've really got a huge amount out of that. Um, and I know particularly Rachel Gilder, uh, she works for Dumbia, and she's worked with Karen quite a bit within their company, so they've got a huge amount out of it. So it just leads to further opportunities, I think. That's brilliant to hear. And we just want to help everyone on their journey and build a community even further. So, so that's fabulous. Um, so if anyone's looking for more details about the one to watch, it's all available on our website. Um, Harriet, tell us what's next for you, because you're so ambitious <laughs> and so passionate. And, and it's, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. What's next? Or what's, you know, what's the dream? Laura, I feel like I should be able to tell you this after last week's course. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I um, I'm obviously I've only been a year at Aldi now, so I just I'm just soaking up so much information and ways of different ways of working in a different culture to what I've ever been used to. Um, there's a lot of unknowns for me at the minute. Whether I I'm trying to you know do I want to go up. up up to the next level um do i want to focus on our business at home and are there opportunities there that exist um but basically at the moment i'm very much concentrating on uh, doing my job well and delivering a really strong agricultural strategy for aldi that's my focus at the minute you'll be doing an amazing job i know you will harry it's been an absolute pleasure to chat to you today um now tell us if anyone wants to get in touch with you how are the best to do that 
yeah, absolutely. Um, just drop me a message on LinkedIn. That's probably the best way. Brilliant. Thank you so much. The Meet and Greet podcast brought to you by meetbusinesswomen.org.